This episode is brought to you by Hover, the best place to buy domains. Go to hover.com slash GOG to get 10% off your first purchase. And this episode is also brought to you by Chartable.com. Chartable helps podcasters understand, grow, and monetize their audiences. Sign up for Chartable Podcast Analytics for free right now at chartable.com slash GOG. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, some interesting things happened yesterday. Okay. Well, I had to edit a ton, a ton of audio and put a couple shows out, mm-hmm. but I did it all. I got back on my treadmill desk. It's been a while since I did it. And right. I spent four hours on my treadmill desk. I did 20,000 steps and <laughs> like almost eight miles. Right. It was great. I can't recommend these things enough. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, we're still vaguely connected via our Apple watches and uh, the Apple uh, tracking stuff. So for health stuff. And I saw that you actually did uh, quite a bit yesterday compared to your normal. So maybe you should keep that up. Well, the interesting thing is I shut off sharing. So you shouldn't be seeing that anymore. And oh, hmm. that's odd. Yeah, that's very, very odd. And I only it only counted like the watch didn't count anywhere near the steps I did. It's like, right. Because my hands are on the desk most of the time. Right. You got to be swinging that, swinging that thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You get steps from masturbating. Yeah, you do, I guess. <laughs> and rub one out in uh, a four minute mile here. <laughs> yeah. So I had a, an interesting experience this morning and it made me, I have a bit of a revelation, I guess. Um, I thought much like you thought you had turned off sharing. I thought I had turned off auto update on my laptop because I don't like auto updates on and uh, i went for a bike ride and got back just in time for us to sit down and start recording only to see my mac updating oopsie shouldn't have had turned on which is fine it's no big deal we're here i'm only starting about 15 minutes later so but i did notice that uh, mac updates are much like basketball games <laughs> okay how's that work time passes normally until the last two minutes which takes a fucking half hour yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or it could go the other way other way around Sometimes it right. like starts off slow and then zips at the end, but you just never know that whole like time remaining thing. You'd think by now they would have gotten. You'd think it they'd have that dialed out. in. Yeah, <laughs> they do not. No, they don't. Like, why bother even saying it? Because it's never accurate. Yeah, seriously. It's like, oh man, Windows was the worst. Like on Windows ninety five, oh, yeah. it was just mm-hmm. like they're just guessing. They're like, eh, mm-hmm. we've seventy two hours remaining. Now three minutes remaining. Well, back to 70 hours. Yeah, seriously. It's like, what? Come on, guys. You can do better than that. Mm, no, they can't. So I got a little follow up on one of the things we talked about in the past, which was Adobe working on their Photoshop for audio. Yes. Where you can basically put in like 20 minutes of somebody's dialogue and then just type in what you want mm-hmm. and it will spit out basically the person's voice sounding pretty damn close. Well, yeah. somebody's beat them to it. Mm. A new company called Dessa. Right. I don't know why why it's called Dessa. I didn't really care enough to look. They have made an AI mm-hmm. that basically sounds exactly like Joe Rogan. Right. I don't know why they picked Joe Rogan out of all the people that they could well, pick. Tons of tons of audio to shove in, I guess. That's true. There is a lot of uh, learning source material there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're giving him, uh, I don't know, uh, any royalties for that. But mm, interesting mm-hmm. topic there. But they put up a video of everything that is being said in the video was never said by Joe Rogan. Did you get a chance to watch it? Uh, I did. But to be fair, Joe Rogan says just about anything. So I wasn't sure if he'd never said that or not. That's the yeah, that is kind of (laughs) true. That is kind of true. Yeah, it's weird. It's scary. It's uh, we've been kind of screaming about this for a while now. It's here, I guess. It is. It really is. It's coming faster than we thought. So we got to figure out how are we going to how are we going to fix this or at least be able to know that something is real or not. You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's going to we're going to have to have some sort of validated. Oh, thank God there's the blockchain. <laughs> nope, that ain't going to ain't going to save us. Hmm. <laughs> What's next? Hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to have something. But on the plus side, pretty soon you and I will just be able to type out scripts for our show and we won't actually have to sit here and, and read them. That would be nice. That would be very mm-hmm. nice. I don't I don't even have to mm. show up. Yeah. In the news.
Some interesting news from Google's camp this uh, this week. Google is apparently using receipts from things you buy in Gmail to track your purchase history. Huh. Interesting, eh? Because there's mm-hmm. a page that you can go to on Google in your account called Purchases. And it can go back to 2012. Right. And it's got different things in it. Did you try and go to that page? Uh, I did. I don't have a Gmail account. Oh, well, that so would be... I am A-OK. <laughs> You are completely safe. Yes. So I went to it on a couple of my accounts and on right. one of them. Well, let me rephrase that. Of course, I, I do have a Gmail account. I just don't use it for my day to day stuff. So none of my purchase history, nothing. I, I have never gotten a purchase or anything like that. So gotcha. So no receipts through yeah. that. No receipts through that. I have on mm-hmm. one of my accounts that is tied to my Xbox, which I use for my, mm-hmm. my Microsoft account. And I opened that up and I went to purchases and sure enough, there's all my Xbox purchases and a couple other things mm-hmm. in there. I go to all my other accounts and there's nothing there. So apparently if you do have all the tracking turned off, it will not, mm-hmm. it will not snarf that stuff in. But right. if you don't, then it's going to have a list of everything you bought, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Why would they possibly be collecting that? They say they're hmm. not using it to target you in ads, but then what are you using it for? What are you collecting it for, then? That's what I want to know. <laughs> this is a no-brainer that it would be for targeted ads. Of course it would be. Yeah. I, I really... Uh, <sighs> and this is why I don't have a Gmail account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, this is some scary, weird shit. I mean, it makes sense why they're doing it, but that, own up. Own it. Tell, tell the truth about why you're collecting this. If you, maybe, okay, you can say we're not currently using this information to uh, to give you ad-based stuff, but we want to. At some point, we will. Of course, this is why we would do it, other than we're just snarfing up everything, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't get it, but uh, it's there. Go check it out. The link will be in the show notes for the episode if you want to just go straight to the purchase page. Right. I haven't looked on the account that has all my Xbox stuff to see how what my privacy settings are yet because I just found right. this this morning. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully by um, the next show on Friday, we'll, I'll be able to track that down. Right. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Thanks, Google. Thanks, Google. Preach. <laughs> now, <laughs> in the filed under bad things happening to bad people. All right. To be fair, maybe they're not all bad, but. Uh, an unsecured database has exposed millions of Instagram influencers. So contact information, uh, phone numbers, email addresses for celebrities, influencers, and brand accounts. Uh, according to TechCrunch, this database was, wait for it, hosted on an Amazon Web Services and left without a password. Go figure. <laughs> it contained as many for, as 49 million records. Each record contained public data scraped from influencers' accounts. This was reportedly done by a company called Chitterbox, Chitterbox, C-H-T-R-B-O-X, a Mumbai-based social media marketing firm, which would make sense, of course, that they would want to collect and scrape as much information as possible if they're doing social media marketing. Um, and when they when TechCrunch contacted the company, the database was removed, but they did not respond to any request for comment. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so a lot of information out there. I would like that database. I wish I had a copy of that. I would love it, too. I would love it, too. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure it's out there on the dark web or the uh, not quite so dark web. Yeah. The gloaming web, I believe, is what we call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The medium gray web. Yes. Now, uh, the FBI cracked the Gosnim malware case. Is that the correct way to pronounce it? Gesundheit. Gesundheit, right. And it's a case against 10 men named in the indictment, and it hinges on their online advertisements for their own criminal skills and services, as well as their communications with one another in late 2015 and early 2016. Uh, Just a quick note to the future potential criminals out there. Do not (laughs) advertise your criminal activity on the web. Yeah, Facebook ads are probably not the way to go when you're trying to be, oh, I don't know, a criminal. (laughs) Well, they did, and this is how the FBI got them down and uh the good the, the even funnier thing about this was uh it got linked to a token account and an access password for it and the password was qwerty123 yep you're a cyber criminal and you steal passwords for a living and you used qwerty123 as your own password because they probably know that it is just futile <laughs> to have complicated passwords unless you get one password.com <laughs> that's true that's true And uh, finally, in big government weird news, the U.S. government has warned that China may have access to all of your drone data. 
So the Department of Homeland Security has issued an alert saying that Chinese-made drones may be sending flight information back to their manufacturers, basically phoning home, and they could be sharing it with third parties or, you know, just the Chinese government in general. Now, you would think, oh, okay, well, that's not good, but eh, what's the big deal? Well, the U.S. government uses a lot of drones. Right. (laughs) And that information is now going to the Chinese government. Well, it's not necessary. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, DJI says that they don't send it back, but... The thing is, it's like, you know, most of the drones that everybody uses are made by DJI nowadays. You'd think the government would at least have their own, you know, drone department where they could go make their own. One would think. But then again, it's cheap to buy them off the rack, isn't it? It is pretty cheap to buy them off the rack. But DJI does offer drones that don't transfer any data, period. Right. So, you know, back to the company or over the Internet, which is so it's a self-contained loop, which I'd assume. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Shouldn't all companies do that? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be I would pay extra for a Roomba that didn't phone home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's called a vacuum cleaner, dude. That's what it is. Yeah. I tell you what. But my son's not old enough to push it yet. I got to wait another year or two. Okay, yeah. My Bissell, I don't have a smart vacuum. My Bissell works just Mm -hmm. fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Media candy. Well, there's no avoiding it anymore, Jason. The... Vast cultural phenomena that has been rolling for years and years and years and years for now has come to an end, and it is time to discuss that ending. I am talking, of course, about the very last episode of The Big Bang Theory. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Which also ended recently. Now, I have not watched The Big Bang Theory for years, years, because it stopped being funny a long time ago. Um, I will always give it props. It was very funny the first few seasons. Uh, I especially shout out, huge shout out to the set decorator and the prop person. They nailed it. Everything in the backgrounds was always perfect. Um, so I thought, well, my wife and I thought, well, it's ended. Let's go watch the last episode and see how everything wraps up. Even having not uh, watched it for five years or so. Uh, within five minutes, it was very apparent that nothing had happened in the five years of any interest whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another five minutes in, uh, my wife and I were both just looking at our phones, reading things, going, this is boring. I don't care. And we just turned it off. So I have no idea how it ended. Well, you saw all the same jokes in the first couple seasons, and they just kept recycling <laughs> them over and over and over again. Yes. So it is all done, and uh, I could care less. Yeah, not really uh, <laughs> Not really big on my list of things. to Actually, I'm not even going to bother to go watch it. I thought about it. I'm like, you don't, yeah. don't. I did it for you, and, and we didn't last 10 minutes. Okay, that's good to know. We have grown up and moved on. But I heard the elevator worked <laughs> in the last episode. Oh, well, there you go. Finally. <laughs> waited, waited 11 seasons for that. Yeah, seriously. So I found some new albums this week. Uh, one came out a little bit ago, and one is brand new. The brand new one is Rammstein by Rammstein. Self-titled? Yeah, again, <laughs> I think they had another album called Rammstein, so this is uh, it should be Rammstein. It should be Rammstein 2. Yeah. Zwei doesn't rhyme with Boogaloo, so you can't do Rammstein 2 Electric Boogaloo. True. <laughs> but no, either way, uh, so far, I mean, I've listened to it a couple times. I am I dig it. It's not as meaty and hearty as it used to be because, you know, of course, right. they're getting older, but it is. It's a really good album, I got to say. Have you listened to it yet? Uh, I have not because I've never been a big, huge fan. Oh, man, you're, you're turning your German card at the door on your way out. <laughs> Look, just because you have German ancestry does not mean you have to like David Hasselhoff or Rammstein. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to skip on the Hoff, but I do love me some Rammstein. Uh, and The Age of Unreason by Bad Religion is out. Now, between the two of these albums, oh, yeah. the, the Bad Religion album was more Bad Religion-y than the Rammstein album was Rammstein-y. I will say that. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's a Bad Religion album. It sounds like pretty much every other Bad Religion album that's ever been made. But I like Bad Religion, so... It's pretty good. I like Bad Religion, too. But uh, to be honest, I, I, I have one album in my collection, and that's all I need. Okay. Well, I, th- th- actually, <laughs> there are three ages of Bad Religion. Maybe four, and the third one you can drop. But uh, I, I've got that album that's got 21st Century Digital Boy on it. I like that. Album. Okay. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a meh album for me. It's not a big fan of that one. <laughs> but I like the old stuff like Suffer and all that. The The, the punk ones. Damn it. Anyway, right. but yeah, two two new albums that I was very happy to find because I haven't been listening to that much music because I have to do this all day. I know. I, I haven't either. I've really got to get back on the music train, and I will at some point. 
Uh, we have got some good TV renewal news. Somebody Feed Phil, the show that you and I both love to death, is returning for two, 10 new episodes of Global Adventures, Laughter, and Food. You know, I haven't even finished last season yet. I think I've only watched three of them. It's very good. It's one of those shows where I, I kind of don't want to finish because I like them. And it's like, you know, yeah. you pull them out when you just need to pick me up. Yep. So I'll go back and finish those. But there, there's no date yet when it's coming out, right? There's no date yet, but it, uh, I, he's already shot them as far as I know. Mm. So Okay, well, that's we good. We shall see. Yeah. That's good. Have you watched Street Food yet? I have not. I've heard it's very good. It's excellent. I've watched the first two episodes mm. of it, and it is fantastic. I don't know how it goes past the first two, but I really, really enjoyed the first two episodes. It's extremely well done. Excellent. I mean, they're doing a really good job over at Netflix with all these cooking shows uh, that aren't really cooking shows. So I'm also looking forward to they've announced uh, something called The Chef Show, which will be Jean Favreau and uh, Roy Choi. So that should be interesting. That should be definitely interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like because the comedy they've been putting out is really hit or miss. It's like you either love it or hate it. Well, I mean, I feel like they just cut a check for every single comedian on the planet and give everybody a special regardless of how good it is or not. They have to. They're doing one a week. So that's 52 specials a year, you know, and there aren't that (laughs) many great comedians out there. And so, oh, there's a new one coming out, uh, I think, on the 27th. Do you watch any of the Jeffrey Ross uh, roasts, roast battles and stuff? No. Oh, they're so fun. They're so fun. (laughs) They've got a new one coming out, though, called Historical Roasts. And I guess they're going to be you know, roasting people roasting like George, George Washington, Washington and yeah. Napoleon. And I have <laughs> right. no idea, but I like the Hitler shows. one's a gas. Oh, oh, God. Oh, dad, dad, Nazi jokes. That's a dad, Nazi joke right I, there. Oh, man. So it was I'm, right there, man. Yeah, I know. I know. It's right <laughs> on the tip of your gun. Anyway, I've, I've been watching uh, Chernobyl as well. Oh, that must be fun. Oh, talk about a pick-me-up. Oh, man. The trailer <laughs> depresses the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, wait till, wait till you watch this show. Mm. Woo! Um, I thought it was supposed to be really historically accurate until on the second episode I watched the, you know, the behind-the-scenes at the end that they apparently like to do with all the shows now. And there was a Starbucks cup sitting there? No, there was no Starbucks cup at Chernobyl, oh. but uh, they took... Like a hundred scientists and created this amalgamated character of this woman who was like, you know, a Ukrainian physicist and kind of just when I heard that, I was like, oh, man, well, so it's (laughs) not as historically accurate as you pointed out. (laughs) And right. So it's it's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. Mm So I recommend it. But uh, yeah, that kind of just took me out of it because I thought it was supposed to be hyper, you know, accurate. Realistic. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. Um, I've been checking out Succession, too. This is a year-old show that I didn't know about. And mm-hmm. it's got, like, Brian is it Brian Cox uh, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people. Um, Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran Culkin, who's awesome mm-hmm. in this. And a bunch of – it's got, got a really good cast. And it's kind of like, you know, it's a story about super rich kids in a media empire family. And I'm guessing, like – they based a lot of it on Sumner Redstone because they they throw in a lot of Paramount type of things in right. there. And it's probably like an amalgamation between, you know, like I said, Sumner Redstone and uh, Rupert Murdoch's family. Like they put those together and kind of pulled a story out of it. But it's right. really fun. I mean, if you like that kind of thing, it is really fun. And the, the upside is that since we just found it, I went and looked up mm-hmm. like if it was coming back for another season in August. There's season two is coming in August. So it's a nice time to start if you haven't checked out that show yet. Excellent. That's cool. And uh, I've been watching, well, my wife has been putting on Downton Abbey most nights recently. That's her calm down fuel before she goes to bed. And it's a phenomenal show. I'm, I've been really happy rewatching it again. And uh, to my surprise, this morning dropped the official trailer for the movie. I'm very excited about this. I watched the trailer. I don't think mm-hmm. I need to see the movie now. <laughs> you probably, well, you you don't have to see any of it. You kind of get it. So yeah. I'm going to be watching it just for uh, Maggie and uh, Maggie and her head shakes. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was a good trailer. It was a very good trailer. But they, I mean, they hit probably all the emotional moments that are going to be in the movie in the trailer. Yeah, yeah they kind of did. You know, but the, the, <laughs> the thing about Downton Abbey is once they start playing the theme, you just get all the feels anyway. <laughs> so that's right. <laughs> really? So let's do it. Game of Thrones postmortem. All right. Here we go. Uh, what'd you think? Ah, it was, eh. <laughs> meh. Yeah, I've got, I've got a meh. I think I posted immediately after. Not as bad as Battlestar Galactica, but not great. Yeah, 
<laughs> it was better than the, it was fine. It was better than the Empire season finale this year, I guess. Um, <laughs> they went the safe route, uh, which yeah. I kind of figured that they were going to. They they ended it the only way that you really thought that they could. Anyways, um, it was fine. All of it would have probably been okay if they would have had a whole seat if this whole season would have been the build up to it instead of obviously being rushed to to get pushed characters into these positions and and vast quick quick turnarounds and what they were doing and thinking and and then half-handedly basically having Tyrion do speeches explaining why they did stuff so out of character yeah yeah <laughs> uh so it would have been fine if it would have been another season i i think they could have built up to this and i and i would have been satisfied with it and fine with it but uh it just this whole season's been a mess and they really kind of screwed the pooch on it yeah i mean if they would have taken that whole like episode where everybody's just walk wandering around winterfell going oh the dead are coming <laughs> and actually use that to i don't know move the plot along then maybe they could yeah. have wrapped it up properly. But, you know, yeah. I mean, it was worth it for a couple scenes. One, the dragon scene with Danny, that was pretty mm -hmm. epic. That was a beautifully mm -hmm. shot little scene, which lasted right. four seconds. <laughs> so I'm talking about a four second scene. John meeting his dog again was like the most emotional thing for the entire thing for me. I'm like, oh, he got his dog <laughs> back. Great. Right. Mm -hmm. And Arya on the boat going west. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. S I like that. Skip the prequels. Yeah. Forget them all. Do that. Make Do that, that a show. That's it right there. I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> Everybody would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. And I got to tell you, uh, there's one thing that they could have done that I think would have would have saved the whole feel for me and, and, and made the finale fit with the whole show as it was, which is at the very end, Jon Snow goes north. Those little children should have found him, stabbed him, and turned him into the new Night King. And the cycle repeats. Ooh, that would have been good. That would have made the show for me. <laughs> Here we go again. This has all happened before. This will all happen again. No, this will oh, all happen God, again. Damn it. <laughs> so they had a plan. What? No. Nope. No, they didn't. Yeah, well, they, you know, they went back and they made the movie where they said, we had a plan. <laughs> it was blow everybody up and we take over. And then the plan didn't work. So now we don't have a plan. But they had to do that. <laughs> After the whole show was over and come back and tell you anyway. Yes. So I, yeah, I, I, I'm glad it's over. Is all I got to say. I, I'm glad it's over. I'm going to miss it. Uh, there's 10 years of my life about, you know, watching this show. It's I'm, I am going to miss it. And like, I, I agree with you. I don't want the prequels. I want the Aria show. Yeah. Aria goes West. Make it a musical. Think of it this way. We were in our thirties when it started. Jesus. Yep. This episode is brought to you in part by Hover. You need your own domain name. If not for your business, then for your family. You're just way cooler if you can drop an email address with a custom domain name. Hover.com slash GOG is the single best place to buy your domain name. If you've ever had to buy a domain from any other registrar, you know how difficult it can be. Terrible interfaces and a constant barrage of ridiculous upsells make it almost impossible to even just find the domain you're looking for. Hover has an incredibly clean and intuitive user interface without all the insane upsells. And they also have free who is privacy on supported domains that you usually have to pay for at other sites just to keep your private details private, not with Hover. And the more domains you own, the less you pay for renewals. The savings start at just 10 domains and they go up from there. And every month they have awesome sales on great domains. Right now, you can get .club, .design, .online, .site, .space, .store, .website, all for just $4.99. Or if you want to spend a little bit more, you can get .tech and .photo for just $7.99. These prices do change often, and the domains change as well, so make sure you check their on-sale page when shopping for your domain. Hover has over 400 domain name extensions to choose from, including all the classics, but also all these new fun extensions. The days of having to spend a fortune on .com domains is totally over. All my main domains are now new extensions. Using a new TLD also lets you get something more aligned with who you are as a company, individual, or family. So get started today. Go to Hover.com slash GOG and get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hover.com slash GOG to get your awesome domain today and get 10% off your first purchase. This episode is also brought to you by Chartable. Chartable helps podcasters understand, grow, and monetize their audiences. Chartable's podcasting tools are used by over 10,000 podcasters from the smallest indies to top networks driving millions of downloads. Do you have a podcast? Sign up for Chartable Podcast Analytics to track chart rankings and reviews from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, across over 150 countries. 
and join hundreds of podcasters using Chartable's new smart links to figure out which marketing channels drive listener growth. Chartable smart links are trackable URLs that automatically route listeners to your podcast in their favorite apps, counting both clicks and downloads. We've been using these guys here at GOG for months now, and it's amazing the information that you can get from Chartable. It's, it really is. They send us a daily brief on what our rankings are in all of the different podcast charting sites and also any new uh, reviews that we get, which is really handy. So when you hear basically all of our feedback section, we have reviews that come in. That comes from Chartable. So sign up for Chartable Podcast Analytics for free right now at chartable.com slash GOG. That's C-H-A-R-T-A-B-L-E dot com slash G-O-G to sign up for free. If you have a podcast, there is absolutely no reason not to use these guys. They're fantastic. At the library. Everything is Fucked, a book about hope by Mark Manson. (laughs) This is the same guy that wrote... uh, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which turned into one of the biggest selling books of the last decade, only to be beaten right. by Michelle Obama. <laughs> I hated that book. I thought it I thought it didn't say what it did on the tin. Um, this book, I actually kind of enjoyed a bit because it's all about, yeah, it, it, there's really nothing to care about. So, you know, <laughs> it's kind of go, go on, live your life. Kind of it. It's kind of like what your mom said. You can't change it. So it's all about your reaction to it, except till I got to the right. last chapter of the book. And he goes into this rant on AI and how it's going to change everything and blah, 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 blah. A chapter written about AI from somebody who knows fuck all about AI. <laughs> And just ruined the whole book for me. I went to Audible and I returned it. I'm just like, I can't. I think we need to put together a book of chapters that you hate in otherwise good books. You could have the book about AI with the uh, with the sand and or, what was it from Adam? Uh, oh, Savage the cardboard, the glue, and the wood, and the cardboard chapters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. I got a. I can't remember if it was a tweet or something from uh, Anthony Rossbach. He's just like, you know. I bought that book because of the cardboard and glue chapters because he's a maker. <laughs> he, he, he thought that that was going to be interesting. So you, that, that's what I yeah. said. I told you that, that it was going to appeal to a certain part of Adam Savage's yep, fan base. To, to each Definitely. their own, to each their own. Mm-hmm. But when I was going back to return, everything is fucked, a book about hope. I, I got my credit back and then I'm, I'm looking around. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can get the Mueller report. <laughs> <laughs> they did an audiobook of the Mueller report. It's 19 hours long. Oh, boy. And they got actual good voice talent to do the report. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking this might be the perfect thing to go to sleep to at night. (laughs) Like, this will definitely knock me out in no time flat. So I'm sure it would. But it's free. You can you if you if you have an Audible account, you can go download this for free. So there's going to be a link in the show notes for it for anybody that wants to go check it out. Now, this isn't technically a book. But it's mm-hmm. something that we've talked about in the past with logical fallacies and things like that. Mm-hmm. There is a website called yourlogicalfallacyis.com. Right. And they sell posters and uh, like a deck of cards <laughs> that have like tons of logical fallacies on them. That is just super, mm-hmm. super cool. I found out about this from an episode of the Jordan Harbinger show I edited yesterday with Shane Snow. And uh, I went and I immediately bought the deck of cards. Because I just right. I want these around. So like if I'm sitting there in a conversation with somebody and they, they, they pull one of these out, I can say, oh, you hold the phone for a second. And I find the card and hand it to them and say, this is what you've just done. Would you like to restate? Yes, your and argument? I'm sure that conversation will go very well moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> After I go to the hospital to get my broken nose. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but through that, I found the School of Thought International. Which is an interesting uh, – I love – when you go to the, the website, there's a video on the front and there's like you know a rendering of a building of the Department <laughs> of BS Detection. And nice. it's pretty cool. They actually have an app called Fallacy Bingo. And when I scroll down, I was looking at the people who are the – they have the advisory council and David McCraney's on it. So I thought that was pretty good. Oh, okay. Dan Brown's yeah. on it. Peter Ellerton, Deborah Hyde, Julia Galliff, and Gabriel Weinberg, the guy that started DuckDuckGo. And um, mm-hmm. they've got a pretty good little group of people here. And it's kind of interesting. So, you know, mm-hmm. go just check it out if you're interested in learning more about, you know, 
logical fallacies and things like that. And uh, maybe buy the cards. Excellent. And we can we can have a game of uh, we can play go fish with logical fallacies. <laughs> I would like a survivorship bias, yeah. please. Nope. Go fish. <laughs> go fish. Uh, I finished Delta V by Daniel Suarez and uh, overall great. A return to form, as it were, from him. I was really into the story. I didn't get bored. It didn't feel like one of his more recent books. The one problem I have with it is he left it open-ended. Of course he did. He could have finished it. That would have been a perfect standalone book. Can't anybody write standalone books anymore? Well, here's the deal. You know, this is the first book that he's written in a long time that's been good. So I'm fine if he wants to keep (laughs) continuing with it. Mm, Yeah, I was a little pissed off when I finished it. I was like, it didn't say it was a series. I thought this was going to be standalone, and, there's, and it was right there to wrap it up, but he just didn't do it. Yeah, well. <sighs> oh, well. You can write some fan fiction and write, write it up yourself. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, after I finished that, I got the last book in the Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells, Exit Strategy. Oh, is this the final, final, final? Yes, the final, 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 and I will not spoil it, but very satisfying ending gonna grab that right now okay good i i like that it has an ending very satisfying ending i really like this series it was very very well done i mean the first one was the best uh, but uh she definitely wrapped it up very well i was i put down the book and i went ah there's that satisfaction i didn't get from game of thrones or delta v or <laughs> or delta v, or the sopranos or most things in my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay cool yeah i'm definitely gonna pick this up because i didn't i don't think i finished the third book because it kind of Got a little... The third one meandered a bit, but this one came back pretty strong. All right, cool. 176 pages, too. That's not bad. Quick read. Yeah. I think that's bigger than the other ones, though. I think the other ones were in the, like, 90 to 100 page realm, so... Yeah. Nice. Moron of the Week! I saw this this morning on Fast Company, of all places, Mm -hmm. and the title says it all. Can dudes be gooped? Gwyneth goes after the guys. Well, well, it would be dumb to leave out 50% of the population if you're trying to make a buck screwing people over. That's true. That's true. And yeah. uh, so they had the Goop Summit, another one of those. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Smith mm-hmm. was on stage. Kevin Smith. What happened to you, Kevin? He had a heart attack and lost 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. And now he's a vegan. Mm-hmm. I think I would rather have just made that, made sure that DNR was in effect. <laughs> When I had that heart attack, rather than come back and be a skinny vegan working on the stage with Gwyneth Paltrow. Personally, that sounds like I would have died and gone to hell. Right. So they're launching a new podcast called Goop Fellas. Oh, my God. Is he doing the podcast? Uh, He's not one of the hosts. Oh, thank God. I can still somewhat respect him. Yeah, thank God. Thank Mm -hmm. God. No, there are uh, there are two different hosts on there, but he's not one of them. I'm sure he'll be a guest. I'm sure he'll be a guest. Now, I'm sure he also got paid a six figure check to come on this stage. Oh, yes. Because. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that I can respect (laughs) that. I can absolutely respect. Uh, Yes. The grumpy old geeks would gladly show up at a goop fest. I would shove a gold dildo up my ass and sell you a packet of powders all day long if you give me $100,000 to show up on that stage. Preferably not on stage. I don't really want to I would just, be I, I, in I the would, area I would you do that. You'd, I'll, have, to, I'll you'd have to take my word. For, yeah, you'd have to take my word for it. I would just wear it and you can just take my word for it. <laughs> okay. I, would, I might be walking funny, but there you go. I just like that gooped rhymes with duped. So, yeah. So, yep. Gwyneth is uh, dipping her toe in the man cave now. So mm, I don't know uh, who the morons are going to be here. There's uh, there's so many options. Was it Kevin? There's, there's many options. Was it uh, everybody else? But uh, now it's it's just out there that goop is still a thing. And I can't believe it's still going. I can't believe I, after all this time in all of the, the news about how everything they sell is snake oil, that it is still a thing. Have you looked around the world? Uh, yeah. Every now and again. Okay. Then I go, Enough said. Then I go back in my man cave and <laughs> do whatever I got to do. But yeah, I'm going to have to listen to the podcast. I'm going to have to. I, oh, yes, you are. I, I'm I listened to I listened to one episode. One of us has I to. I listened to one episode of the Goop podcast. And uh, <laughs> if my phone wasn't so expensive, I would have thrown it against the wall. But <laughs> it's not. Oh, they, they're also launching a, uh, a new uh, men's clothing line called G-Label. Mm-hmm. For men who can't find the G spot, the G label. <laughs> Feedback loop. 
We have some new Patreon subscribers, John Philippe and Michael and Derek C. Derek C. writes, hey, guys, with all the recent people writing and asking for advice on how to get started in cybersecurity, I figured I'd throw my hat in the ring. I've been in the IT and security space for the past nine years and have recently transitioned from being a security analyst to an information security manager. Okay, can you come in and work on the weekends? Here's my stapler. Yep. Yep. After hordes of people asking me the same question that people have been writing into you, I decided I was sick of answering everyone individually and decided to write a blog post with my personal advice. It obviously doesn't encompass every side of the house, but I thought it would be worth passing along. And this is a blog post called Breaking into the Cybersecurity Field. And the link will be in the show notes to that. So thank you, Derek, for sending us uh, that little link, because that will really help. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I scanned over it and it looks like some very solid, good advice. So we we finally have something for people. Yeah, and there's actually some more coming up in, uh, as feedback uh, continues. we got a lot of people yes. writing in this week. Yes, and over at PayPal, we got uh, donations from Anders, David, Joe, and Elaine, who wrote in, Is Grumpy is Good. Nice, yes. Thank you. And over at Twitter, Third and Command writes in, Ride the Surge. And it uh, was a Twitter post, but in the Twitter post was a link to Uber and Lyft drivers manipulate fares at Reagan National, causing artificial price surges. Did you read this article? Yes, they got together and all turned everything off at specific times to make it seem as if there was a a lack of cars in the area to create an artificial surge pricing. How effed up is that? Yeah, you know, (laughs) I I, I applaud the creativity of the drivers. Yes, it is a a wonderful hack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but fuck you. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Well done. Fuck Fuck you. you. If, well, if I we mean, could put fuck in the show title, that would be our show title. Once again, this is a case of if we had be- built this, we would have anticipated people screwing with the system like that and built in something that didn't allow them to do it. Yeah. Reverse the surge pricing when cars become available in mass like that right out of the gate. And I'm sure that somebody yep. at Lyft and Uber are working on that as we speak. Exactly. And flagging everybody that did it. Mm hmm. Well, they're not employees anyway, so your your contract has now expired. Yes, your contract has been terminated. <laughs> yes, and J.K. Becker wrote us, uh, drone deliveries are also happening in Canada. And it's a link from the Richmond News, BC retailers watch drone deliveries lift off. So they've got it going on in Canada now, too. Yeah, they do. And they've got a couple companies. I think there are four companies up there that they have given rights to. And some are line of sight drones and some are actually not line of sight drones. So... Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting what they're doing up there, but you know, out of anybody, they've got the they've got the space for it to really try it out. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't appear to be in in highly uh, you know dense population areas for delivery. It, it seems to be more of a almost a B two B thing. Well, so. one of the one of the delivery spots is the Island Community of Moose Factory, Ontario. <laughs> I, I had to put that in here just for Moose Factory, Ontario. Moose Factory is actually a town where apparently they build moose is. <laughs> if uh, anybody, any of our listeners happen to live in Moose Factory, Ontario, I would like a hat. Me too. I'd like a t-shirt yeah. personally, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. And Jeff writes in FYI, there is a lot of companies out there like bread companies that much like Amazon will have you deliver their products and only be able to get their trucks and still be responsible for the maintenance and your health care and benefits. OK, so it's not just an Amazon thing. It's uh, just a delivery thing. Hmm. Well, that's unfortunate. Stricky writes us, uh, the Facebook AI seems to need retuning. I shared a news article about an escape con who was in my area and my post was removed and I had a warning for breaking their community standards. And my wife shared a post with a fire breather and was banned for seven days. Okay. <laughs> All right. You listening, Mark? You listening? Right Film Sleep Repeat writes in, technical question. Would a 2011 MacBook Pro be able to cope with basic video editing if I only run that software on it? GUG Podcast. Can you help? 2011's kind of old. That's kind of sketchy. Yeah. I, 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 I would mean, say no for video. Yeah, I mean the 2014-2015 ones are passable because I've got I've got mm-hmm. one of each of those and even those are going to strain with that especially if you're trying to do I mean if you're trying to do 4K, good luck. Um but yep. it probably will be able to cope with it, but if you're doing just like, you know, standard HD stuff, just it's going to be take, slow. It's going to take long. It's going to take a long time. So the, you have to balance the time that you're going to be spending waiting for shit to render and just move things around versus how much time it's going to take to earn enough money to get an actual real new computer. So <laughs> and I got to say, the 5K yeah. IMAX are 
pretty affordable and are amazing. So, I mean, that's what I've got. I've got, I've got like the uh, two generation ago, 5k iMac, and this thing is going to run me for another four or five years. So maybe get a refurbed uh, 5k iMac and try that. Or, you know, even just a refurbed like 2015 MacBook Pro would, would serve you better. The 2011s, that's, that's long in the tooth. Yep. It's going to be slow. Uh, over at GOG.show, Elaine writes us, Hey guys, have we reached peak podcast? Well, Goop has a man cast now, <laughs> so I'd say yes. Has podcasting jumped the shark? Not only do we have all sorts of celebrities putting out their own podcasts, but now the BBC have a new show about Apollo 11 called 13 Minutes to the Moon, where the theme music is written by Academy and Grammy award-winning composer Hans Zimmer of Lion King fame. Maybe one day I'll be telling my grandkids about the golden age of podcasting. Cheers and thanks for the show. Well, my take is no, we have not reached peak podcast yet. It, it is only going to be growing for the next couple of years. There's going to be a lot of competition and the market's going to thin and then everybody's going to stop making money and then it will reconsolidate and we'll go back to the way things were. The nice thing about podcasting, it is an open standard and everybody can do it. The bad thing about podcasting is that it's an open standard and everybody can do it. So, yep. you know, you take the good with the bad, but you take the you good take with the both and there you have the <laughs> facts, facts of life. Of life. Yeah. The facts of life. Yeah. Yep. As soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> We can start a Facts of Life podcast. There we go. Um, uh, there's our niche. Yeah, that, yeah. We'll we'll niche down, and <laughs> I I think uh, it's a good thing for podcasting that everybody's in it right now because certainly raises the profile. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, when the dot com bubble happened way back in the day, or I'm sorry, I should say the dot com boom. You know, we got a lot of infrastructure <laughs> built on that boom and we're getting a lot of infra infrastructure built on podcasting now. And that infrastructure isn't physical infrastructure. It is mindshare infrastructure, which for somebody like us who were at least, you know, people who want to be longtime podcasters and want to make a career out of this. I think it's good news. And I think, you know, people like Luminary who are trying to make walled garden podcasts are just short sighted and screwing everything up. But they're not going to last. They're totally not going to last. So I think that uh, I don't think we're in the golden age just yet or peak podcasting. I think we're on our way. And I, yep. I kind of I'm 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 happy with it. Like the more people that listen to podcasts, the more people that can listen to our show, too. So that's that's it. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Yes. And Jason writes in, thought you guys might like this. Facebook is getting creepier by the day. Turns out they're selling user data to phone carriers, allowing them to avoid Fair Credit Reporting Act and also racially profiling advertisers for phones. And this comes from The Intercept. Oh, mm -hmm. man. I just scanned this one because mm. this is a long one. And The Intercept is uh, they're not big on brevity at The Intercept. No. You think they might <laughs> be getting paid by the word or the letter over there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and... Uh, you can take a peek at this one if you want to see how Facebook is doing bad things. Screwing us. Every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yet again. But, you know, it's it's all privacy-based. It's all privacy-based because, you know, Zuckerberg is all about the privacy now. Yes, it's all about privacy. And he writes mm -hmm. in, also in Facebook news, this Reddit post is alarming. And it's a Reddit.com post. Uh, getting my personal data out of Facebook. I left Facebook and all I got with this was this lousy legalese. And it's a story about <laughs> a guy who is trying to use GDPR to get his data out. So, right. Good luck with that. Yep. And he finishes up. Just another reason I'm glad I have dumped social media, though. I'm sure they have a massive shadow profile on me anyway. Yep, they do. And dumbed down <laughs> my smartphone. Keep up the great work, guys. Your podcast keeps me entertained while working out in the field. Sincerely, signals are all red. Jason may remember me from the Jordan Harbinger show feedback Friday a couple months ago. All right. Yes. Nice. I, I, I'm Excellent. going to do that show as soon as we're done with this one. <laughs> and Matt writes in, good morning, Brian and Jason. Commonly, the first thing that comes to mind for the term threat to cybersecurity is a firewall, data server, or another technical device failure of some kind. Based on my 20 years experience in the Air Force as a system admin and now in the small business arena, the biggest threat to cybersecurity device on the network is typically the nut in front of the keyboard. Hepcac. Meaning, <laughs> yep, yep. Meaning it's the employees who have direct access to an organization's sensitive resources that typically cause the most havoc. Most oftentimes, complacency is the biggest killer. You hit the nail on the head a few weeks back when you mentioned the most common passwords being 123456 or using their dogs, kids, sports teams as a password. It's not just people that are lazy. They just don't care until it's too late. Keep fighting the good fight and stay grumpy. Justin writes in, check out this item for micro SD card storage. And it is a really cute little, like, 
SD card holder thing, which I would obviously lose right away. And he says, I purchased mine from <laughs> Amazon years ago and still my go-to case. Stay grumpy. It's cute. Uh, link will be in the show notes. Thank you. Aiden writes in, hey, geeks, listen to the latest episode and people wondering about cybersecurity. Best place to start, in my opinion, is Cisco certification. Starting certification is CSENT1, which is basics of networking and Cisco equipment. After that, you can move on to CCNA security, which is more, of course, network cybersecurity or the CCNA cyber ops, which is, as the name implies, cybersecurity. Even if you don't work directly with Cisco equipment, the Cisco certifications are pretty universally seen as proof you know something by employers. Hope this helps. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Good to know. Definitely mm-hmm. good to know. Christopher writes in, you mentioned Fleabag on the most recent show, and I wanted to let you know about a great interview with the creator, writer and star of Fleabag, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. The interview is available and the link will be in the show notes. Oh, it's over at NPR. NPR. Uh, so it'll be nice and quiet like this with some music in the background. And I'd like to bring on our guest now, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here on NPR. Yes. Michael writes in, I would enjoy less vulgarity. It is a sign of a limited vocabulary. Fuck you. Keep that in mind. (laughs) We tried, man. We really did try for a while, but. uh, Here's the deal. Every time we stop, everybody yells at us. Then everybody else complains. (laughs) Exactly. You can't win. Can't win for doing. Can't can't win win for for losing. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was looking for. Yep. Oh, I hate getting old. Anyway, you know, go read the uh, studies on people who uh, swear more are more intelligent and happier. Oh, yes. Find those. P. Matthew writes in, why aren't your show notes available directly in Overcast? Clicking a link to view the show notes adds some friction. Well, there are many reasons that we don't do that. The most being that 60% of podcast players don't actually use hyperlinks. So. Yep making the effort to put everything in there is like we're going to be doubling effort because we're still going to have to do it on the website. Also, we want you to come to the website because that's where we have a lot of other things that aren't available that we, can, we can't do in show notes in podcast players. It's one click. That's, that's the only friction. You literally have to click once because Overcast has a web view that will open up with our show notes in it. So it's not really friction. It is a lot of study that I've done on how podcast notes should be displayed. And it is my my you know basic opinion. It's not even an opinion. It's a feature, I, not a bug. It there literally we go. Moving is. On. I I've done so much research <laughs> on this. This is the single best way to do show notes in a podcast. And if you think that I'm wrong, I I, I challenge you to debate me. So take that click. All right. Sherman writes in. Hey, Brian and Jason, been listening to the show for about a year and some change now. And while I don't consider myself particularly old, mid twenties, or any more or less <laughs> grumpy than the average Joe. I'm definitely a geek and love the show, despite your endless jabs at my generation. Thought you guys might find this article about Flat Earthers interesting. Keep up the great work. And this is over from Newsweek, Flat Earthers and the Rise of Science Denial in America. It is uh, depressing. Yeah, I couldn't read it. I'm like, I I already have my opinions on on that. (laughs) I'm sad enough. Greg writes in, you can now say scooters are everywhere. Lime has lined up a bunch in Midtown Omaha, where I work. I've been to Omaha. I like Omaha. At least it appears they consulted with the city, and the article has a picture of someone actually wearing a helmet. Yes, they do. Yes, good they for, did. Uh, I was Omaha.com. shocked. <laughs> yes. Michaela writes in, I have a feeling I know where you guys would end up, but I still thought it was funny. And this is a link to the New York Times. Are you secretly a millennial? No. No. I, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Not publicly or secretly <laughs> or covertly. or Yes, it, but it's a good yeah. quiz. I don't. Did you actually do the quiz itself? No, I didn't have to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back and do it later and just, 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 it's, to cle- have it's clever. It's, it's, it's worth a chuckle. Mark writes in Hello, geeks. You might be interested in this initiative by the IEEE to define best practices for the design of autonomous intelligent systems. And it's over at ethicsinaction.ieee.org. And now I opened this up. And the interesting thing was I'm like, I scrolled down and right at the very top is a quote from my buddy Joey Ito, the, head of the mit media lab mm-hmm. i was like oh look joey's got ethics <laughs> how nice yeah. i never knew i never knew joey had ethics <laughs> how nice uh, so he goes on to say the activity consists primarily of a publication ethically aligned design first edition and a set of standards they're developing the first three paragraphs look promising and uh, there's a very long bit of text here so if you want to go check this out go download the paper and uh, he says stay grumpy mark waffle balls from new york <laughs> <laughs> excellent <laughs> okay uh over at itunes waffle we got balls. some five-star ratings this week the first from me <laughs> waffle balls the first from yappy fox 
the only podcast I listen to. Love your stuff. You keep me chuckling every episode. As a furry webcaster, I know it is hard to put together a tight, clean, well-leveled, and shaved down, <laughs> I'm sorry, edited production. And you guys do a good job of it. Send me a furry yap over to your furry buddy Bittner for me. Slash Yappy Fox, a grumpy gray muzzle geek. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you, Yappy, Yappy Fox. Fox. I love our audience. I this this recording needs to end. I can't stop laughing. Now. <laughs> and I am Sparkalicious writes in regarding the TWA wings. Hey, dudes, at the end of episode 339, I heard some reminiscing about getting the airline wings and how they don't do that anymore. On Alaska Airlines this very February, I asked for and received a pair of wings and got to pop my head in the cockpit and say hi to the flight crew. Anyways, love the show. Been binging since I discovered y'all back in November. Enjoy the five star. You earned it. Now, we really appreciate the five star. I am sparkalicious. I would like to point out, though, that this is not really the forum for feedback. I appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> the iTunes reviews are for reviews, not feedback. But anyway, that's very good. If I ever fly Alaska, I'm definitely going to get my wings. Note to self, I will not be flying Alaska Airlines anytime soon because they let somebody named I am Sparkalicious into the cockpit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Give me some swag and show me where the captain is. <laughs> if you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five star and snarky review. Closing shout out. Uh, I'm going to give my shout out to Arya and Tyrion, the only uh, really great characters that came out of the whole run of Game of Thrones. They were amazing. Going to miss those two. Yeah. Yeah. Group up. They should do a buddy, buddy cop show. Oh my God. How awesome would that be? He's the talker. <laughs> she's the enforcer. Exactly. It'd be amazing. That one's free. Everyone get on it. Get on it. <laughs> Until next time. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schillmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. Support the show and keep us on the air. Go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 346. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.